Hello out there in the wide world to all you loyal no-name podcast listeners uh, out there. I hope you've been staying well. Today's Thursday. It's the 7th of May, 2020. I uh, thought I'd join join you guys tonight uh, again for my podcast. Uh, looking forward to it. So I'll kick us off on this day uh, back in 1840. Uh, the, the man known as Tchaikovsky, uh, the Russian late Russian composer, was born on this day in 1840. Uh he, I guess, uh, was the composer of some some brilliant tunes, including uh, Swan Lake, uh, which is still played today. So he was a he was a huge figure in the uh, the musical world uh, during the eighteen hundreds and, and through the twentieth century and now the twenty first century as well. Um, the former American actor Gary Cooper, who's referenced in the Sopranos a fair bit, uh, which I'll I'll have an episode coming up where I'll talk. With, fair bit about the Sopranos. Uh, so Gary Cooper was born on this day in 1901. Uh, he died in 1961. Uh, other famous birthdays on this day include, uh, include in 1933, uh, he's still alive today, so it makes him 87. Uh, Johnny Unitas, uh, one of the great NFL quarterbacks for the Baltimore Colts, as they were known then. Um, and, and then later the San Diego Chargers as well. Uh, Johnny Unitas is effectively uh, the first quarterback that introduced a two-minute huddle, or the two-minute um, two play, where literally I think his side was down by, I think it was, I think it was the 19, might have been the 1958. Yeah, so it was the 1958 uh, NFL championship game. Um where he effectively threw a, uh, a an overtime touchdown to Alan Amaki. Uh, it was the first overtime game in NFL history, uh, and it was referred to the uh, the greatest game ever played. So it was televised nationally by NBC, uh, and that was sort of one of the catalysts for sparking uh, the huge spike in interest across America in in, uh, in gridiron during the nineteen sixties. Because I guess before that, uh, baseball was the game that everyone wanted to watch and. Uh, after that, it was uh, slowly became baseball, but uh, uh, football, not uh, not baseball. Uh, but John Unitas, he played sixteen seasons for the Baltimore Colts. Uh, in that time, uh, he won one Super Bowl. I think that was uh, the 19, 1970 season that he won that he won his Super Bowl with uh, with with the Baltimore Colts. But before that. He won three NFL championships in 58, 59, and 68 as well. So 68 was obviously uh, the, the Colts didn't get into the... Uh, uh, the Colts didn't get it. They didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Yes, happy birthday to, to John Unitas, a 10-time Pro Bowler as well, uh, and an NFL Man of the Year recipient too. So he was in the NFL 100th anniversary team, the 50th anniversary, and the 75th anniversary team. Uh, so it shows you he's... He's widely regarded as, as one of the great quarterbacks and probably the, the greatest quarterback of the, the modern era. Another NFL quarterback born on this day, 1984, uh, Alex Smith. Uh, he's played uh, played for a few sides, San Francisco 49ers, where he's the number one draft pick uh, and played for them for a fair while. Uh, and then I think from there he ended up he ended up going to uh, ended up going to the Arizona Cardinals for a while. I think that's where he still is. Uh, Sean Marion. He turns 42 today, born in 1978 on this day. Uh, former NBA player now owns part of the uh, the New Zealand Breakers NBL franchise. So a bit of a bit of an interesting uh, interesting pivot there for him. 
Um, just reading on this day, 1789, the first U.S. presidential inaugural ball uh, was held for, for George Washington in the uh, in the beautiful city that is New York City. Uh, on this day as well, sticking to the musical theme in 1824, Ludwig van Beethoven, uh, his Ninth Sympathy Symphony uh, premieres in Vienna, which is uh, considered his his greatest piece of work. Uh, from a theatrical point of view, so a big big day for music on this day with with the Ninth Sympathy being played for the first time, premiered, and uh, both and Tchaikovsky being born. On this day, in 1972, the LA Lakers win their fourth game of the NBA Finals series against the New York Knicks, uh, defeating them four games to one in that series. Uh, that was sort of, I guess, start of uh, start of start of the Lakers sort of era, the Showtime era. Uh, they were led by Wilt Chamberlain, Chamberlain at the time. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, being the the only player to ever score hundred games in a in a single NBA game. Uh, Wilt, uh, Wilt was the Finals MVP. Uh, Pat Riley, notable uh, notable notable coach uh, who ended up coaching the Lakers during the eighties, um, and then the Miami Heat as well. Uh, he he also played on that Lakers roster as well, so that was a uh, another name that I sort of found out. And Jerry West as well. He was a he was the GM for a long time for the Lakers uh, for many years. Uh, Phil Jackson and and Walt Frazier. Phil Jackson being the uh, the coach of the the Lakers for a little bit of time as well uh, uh, during that great five peat uh, early early uh, five victories in the early two thousands uh, and. Or the early and, and the uh, early two thousands and the start of this uh, the last decade the twenty tens, and also Walt Frazier was playing for the for the Knicks in that series, but the Lakers were too good winning winning on that occasion and uh, winning, I guess uh, I'm not sure if that was their first first title. I think they'd won some some before then, but yeah, starting that that Showtime era as well. Say uh, that. Uh, South Africa had their election a couple of days ago in this day, 1994, 1993 on this day being the 7th of May. Now, South Africa uh, decided that they were going to be allowed, that they were going to agree to multiracial elections, which is fantastic, uh, which I like very much indeed. Uh, on this day in 1994, the Denver Nuggets, who are the 8th place seed in the West, uh, actually beat the first seeded Seattle. Supersonics, as they were known back in the day. Now they're relocated to Oklahoma City and now known as the Thunder. But uh, Denver became the first eighth seed to beat the number one seed in in the first round of the playoffs. So that was uh, that was kind of a, a pretty shit day uh, for the Sonics. I'm sure that they had they had Sean Kemp and they had Gary Payton. They had some absolute stars, but they were never ever able to win during that era. But they just weren't able to win that championship that they always desired uh, in the city of Seattle in the NBA. Uh, on this day, nineteen ninety-five, Jacques Chirac, uh, he won the French presidential election. Long, long time uh, president of France. On this day in two thousand and eight, Dmitry Medvedev is uh, sworn in as the third president of Russia, uh, succeeding Vladimir Putin, who succeeded Boris Yeltsin. Uh, and on this day in twenty twelve, actually, uh, Vladimir Putin was sworn in for his third six-year term as president of Russia. So uh, it's. Funny how, funny, very funny how it works. Uh, let me tell you, very, very funny how it works over there in Russia. Uh, it's not very democratic. 
on this day in 2013, the Dow Jones and the S&P 500 hit their all-time highs uh, at, that, at that point in time. Uh, I think they were just just under 15,000 that they were at that point in time. So they were all-time highs then in 2013. Uh, it's funny because since then, uh, even despite this uh, financial crisis, I think sort of at their peak in early February, they were at 28,000. Uh, so they'd almost doubled in seven years, but they're still at 24, just under 24,000. So look, you know, you can't beat the market sometimes. Uh, you know, that you'd be better off going with the index funds, that's for sure. Um, on this day in 2015, British Prime Minister David Cameron uh, wins an outright majority and returns as Prime Minister. There's been a few elections in the UK since then. Uh, and on this day in 2017, Emmanuel Macron, he beat uh, Marine Le Pen uh, as the French French uh, the French presidency as well. So a bit of a bit of a political vibe. Uh, now on this day, the seventh of May, two thousand eighteen, Vladimir Putin he also had his uh, he also had his uh, he also had he was actually sworn in for his third six year term as president uh, of the Russian Federation. So yeah. Uh, I think that's it's kind of uh, it's kind of a bit bit odd, a bit strange, but uh, that's what that's what happens over there. As I said, democratic elections don't really seem to mean too much. Uh, in Russia is actually the uh, I guess the the president's day, so hence the why uh, all their presidents are sworn in on that day, uh, which which makes sense. Uh, on this day in 2019, Denver is the first US city to decriminalize magic mushrooms. Yeah, I wonder how it's going for. Probably not that not that fantastically, but yeah, good good luck to them and their on their big journey to to do that sort of not my type of thing at all. On this day in 1986, uh, sticking with the soccer theme, uh, I must. So yeah, on this day in 1986, the European Cup. Final was played between Star Bucharest and Barcelona. So as you could imagine, uh, Star Bucharest going to that final, relatively big underdogs against Barcelona. Um, Barcelona obviously didn't have the, the unbelievable side they have now, but they still had a very, very good side. So did Star Bucharest. They made it through to the European Cup final. Uh, it was actually the first European Cup final to remain goalless. So it remained goalless after 90 minutes and 120 minutes as well. So it was pretty boring game uh, and it's actually funny to note that style book so it's literally like you can think of like I've seen some highlights of the the actual penalty shootout it's probably the worst penalty shootout you could have ever imagined um, style book missed the first two penalties uh, so did Barcelona and then style book put the next two in and Barcelona missed them so Barcelona did not have a single penalty scored in that game uh, which is just incredible to believe they were managed at the time by by an Englishman named Terry Venables, who ended up managing, ended up managing uh, Liverpool, uh, not not Liverpool. Yeah, she ended up managing the Soccer Rooster at a period of time in Tottenham and a few other sides. Uh, but Stal Bucharest did not have a single player that was not from Romania, and I think in in his side uh, in that European Cup final, Venables had Bernd Schuster, who was a German, and Steve Archibald, who was a uh, it was it was a Scot Scottish striker. Uh, they were the two non-Spanish players in that in that side. So it was a very very different, uh, very different 
uh, Euro at the back then where there weren't as many imports. But yeah, Stal Bucharest won their only European Cup uh, on penalties, 2 0. So it doesn't matter, it doesn't go in the record book saying how much you won by, it just says, you know, that you won it, that's all. Uh, so yeah, that's all I can. That's all I can think about. And yes, as I wanted to mention, uh, on this day last year, being the 7th of May, it was a massive day for the Liverpool Football Club because Liverpool went back, uh, I think Liverpool were 3-0 down. They played Barcelona. They lost the first league 3-0. So Liverpool needed to score at least three clear goals at Anfield, most likely four against a raging Barcelona side. They were... They were I guess everyone thought that Liverpool would put up a fight, but everyone still thought that Barcelona would go through. Um, you look at the lineups in that game. Uh, Barcelona put out a very, very strong side. They rested some players earlier in the week or in the weekend, uh, where they had some players that had didn't play in La Liga. Liverpool are shooting out against Manchester City, uh, win for win to try and get get into the get into the uh, get that sort of elusive Premier League title that Liverpool's been been begging for for all these years and striving towards um, Barcelona's starting lineup that night. Uh, to Stegen in goals, Roberto, Sergio Roberto, Jared Piquet, Lenglet, Jordi Alba, Truro Vidal, Sergio Busquets, Ivan Rakitic, uh, Philippe Coutinho as well, the ex-Liverpool man up front, uh, ably assisted by Messi and Spires up front. And you have a look at Liverpool's Liverpool's uh, starting level on that night. It goes Allison. Alexander Arnold, Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson, Henderson, Fabinho, Milner, Shakiri, Origi, and Mane. Uh, Firmino was out. Uh, Salah was out, suspended. I'm pretty sure, from memory. Uh, I think he, he. No, they were. No, sorry, they were both injured. So Liverpool going into the match with a bit of a, a slight under advantage, uh, and. Yeah, a slight disadvantage. Sorry, I think not not in the best best shape or form. Uh, but you have a look at you have a look at those uh, you have a look at those uh, those goals that were scored in that game. It was just absolutely unbelievable to see uh, Liverpool going to the game all 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 guns blazing. I think Jurgen Klopp went in with a very good uh, tack. I guess he had, he's always got very good tactics, but he had a very good mindset. For this. Uh, the way I looked at it, this game, I guess. Was effectively won early on. Divock Origi scores. Uh, Barcelona majority of the game they actually controlled a lot of the possessions. Allison made a couple of nice saves. Uh, Messi had a couple of really good chances in the first half. So did so did Coutinho as well. Suarez wasn't having the world's best night. But yeah, Liverpool just in the first half we were there. We were up one 0 at half time, but we weren't. Uh, Allison made a couple of really nice saves, uh, but. We weren't really looking as though we were going to actually win the tie. Then at halftime, Klopp, in his wisdom, takes off Jordan. Uh, sorry, takes off Andy Robinson, the left back, and brings on Genie uh, Wijnaldum to play in the centre. And in Klopp's wisdom, I don't know what made him do it, but we won a we won a corner out of we won a corner. I think in the fifty first or fifty second minute, uh, and and it just it just looked. I don't know. The second half is just a lot different. I think there's there's a really good doco that's out. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the footage, and it was literally at half time of that game. The Barcelona players felt that something was coming. Uh, they felt that something was coming. They were crying. They weren't in a good way. I think that they were probably mentally spent, to be honest. And, and Liverpool really took control of that. Uh, Liverpool took control of the game. 
Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold put in a great ball. Jenny Wijnaldum scored from that. I think that was in the 52nd minute. So he's just come on in seven minutes. Then Shakiri a couple of minutes later, puts in a great ball. Wijnaldum's just there in the middle. And he scored a fantastic header. Rises up a couple of Barcelona players. And it's 3-0. It's 3-0. The tie is, the tie is even. Uh, Liverpool look the better side. And then things slide for the next 20 minutes. Then there's a corner in the 81st minute. And, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold goes over, walks over to Shakiri. Shakiri walks over to him. And then he turns his head, turns his back quickly to, quickly towards goal. Trent Alexander-Arnold puts in an absolutely delightful pass straight to Origi, and Origi scores. And everyone in the whole stadium, everyone who's watching is just sitting there thinking, what's just happened here? Well, this this can't have happened. Um, you know, they, they can't do that. It was a beautiful, you know, corner taken quickly, Origi. Man, they're just beautiful words for a Liverpool fan to hear, so... And then in the end, you know, we end up bringing Liverpool end up bringing on uh, Daniel Sturridge for Shakiri, played an awesome game, and Joe Gomez as well to shore up the defence uh, for for Mane or for Rigi, sorry. And uh, the players after the game are just absolutely euphoric. Uh, the Barcelona players are all literally look like they're all about to cry, um, and and have pr- and, you know be very very upset. Which is understandable. I mean, they've, they've basically lost the unlosable game. Uh, and then after the game, after the hugs and everything, the whole side, the whole squad stands in front of the cop uh, in a, one big line. And they just they just uh, sway side to side, arm, arms uh, arms sort of connect, uh, linked up and start singing, you'll never walk alone. And uh, they don't stop, uh, which is great. And then... Liverpool goes on a couple of weeks later to uh, to defeat Tottenham two 0 uh, in Madrid for our sixth European uh, Cup slash UEFA Champions League title, and I think that's that's what makes it special. It's one of those special nights. Uh, anyone that's know, I've been to Anfield on a European night. European nights at Anfield are like, I don't know, they're, they're kind of like the grand final, the preliminary final. They're just absolutely special games. You want to be there for those nights. Uh, you don't know what will happen. Uh, it might be blood one way, it might be a tight game, it might be blood the other way, but you want to be there on those nights because you know something amazing may happen, and it's likely to happen, and you don't want to miss out. So that's that's how I that's how I view those games. Uh, it was an absolutely wonderful experience to go there. But tonight, Optus Sport at seven o'clock's got a uh, nice little feature on Liverpool, so I'll be watching that tonight. That's what I'll be doing. That's how I'll be spending my uh, my Thursday evening watching that game again replayed. So yeah. I hope, uh, look, well, as I said, I'll be back tomorrow with another podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it today. And uh, yes, uh, we, shall, uh, we shall see you so- shortly. Uh, so go the mighty Liverpool.